Welcome to Clean Break, the weekly divorce podcast. We share the stories and experiences of divorce professionals. Find all the answers about the many complex questions about divorce and separation at divorcenet.ca. Hello again, everyone. I'm Darren Javog, and thank you for joining us on Clean Break, the podcast. I'm here again with my favorite co-host, I am your only co-host. Yeah, that's true. But you're still my favorite, well, too. thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Tina Murray. <laughs> thanks, Darren. Welcome to the show. We have another exciting edition, as I always say, but they are truly always exciting to me. Um, so today on the show, we have Pamela George. It She is from Pamela George Financial Literacy, and she is also a credit counselor. We've had you on the show before, but it is always a pleasure. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you both for having me. It's a pleasure, as always. Yeah. So, you know, we've come out of 2020 and, uh, you know, it's uh, it was a tough year. And I think for so many people financially, emotionally, mentally, family wise, um, how how was your year and how? uh, Yeah. Tell us a little bit about sort of how things happen with you and your clients. Oh my gosh, 2020 was like a roller coaster for me, for my business. When the, I, you know, at the beginning, I'm always so hopeful at the beginning of every year. <laughs> so yes. January and February, I was actually in the Caribbean because my plan was, I left Ottawa in December and my plan was to spend four months in the Caribbean, island hopping. Nice. Right. But with the the news of the coronavirus in, in China and stuff, I came back early. I came back in February. But even then, I was still hopeful, like I usually am hopeful at the beginning of the year. When the pandemic hit in, in March, I I got scared because just like that, my business, it was like it went on halt, just stopped. Full stop. No new business. Um, the clients who are paying me monthly, I'm like, I can't ask them to pay me when they have no income. So all my income went at zero income. Wow. So I was scared and it, yeah. it, it was scary. Yeah. So it was like that for March, April and me. Three months, sole yeah. proprietorship, no income. Could you imagine? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So pulled out of my emergency fund, which... It's you, why it's there. <laughs> you practice what you preach. Yes, I do. But you know, even then, I know that's the purpose of my emergency fund. But just seeing the amount coming out every month, it was very scary. But mm. you know, June came around. And I guess by that time, with the lockdown, couples were starting to realize that um, living together 24 <laughs> 7, they no longer have the escape that they used to have with going to work and the business picked up in June and it has been crazy for the rest of the year. It's been really crazy. And um, like I was about to tell you earlier on, normally I would have maybe 15 to 20% of my clientele being um, women who are contemplating separating or going through that process. Now it's switched and I have about 80% of my clients and now women who are either thinking about leaving or in the process of leaving Holy and need devil. help to figure out their finances. I had Complete no idea that. That is an amazing statistic. Wow. That blows me away. Wow. I, like to have your business flip like that on a dime. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. So yeah, how did you deal with it? Like, what was the, it, what, did it sort of force you to change your headspace a little bit or? 
well, I had to do some homework because whereas when I had 15% of clients going through this um, separating, um, you know, I, I have, I, I know the information, I have it and, and I would give it, but then now I'm, it's switched. The, I have so much more clients doing that, but the, the environment has changed. Right. So many things have changed as a result of the pandemic. So I had to get to work and get some research done and and, and learn more during all these crazy times of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. But more so, I found that um, my mental health started to, to, you know, go downhill because one, it's a freaking pandemic <laughs> and it's <laughs> stressful. So personally, my mental health was uh, I was struggling. But when you have to deal, and I mean, maybe divorce lawyers, they get used to it, but I am not used to having clients back to back, just talking about heartbreak and betrayal and mm -hmm. sadness and depression and, and dreams that have died. So I am not used to that with my clientele. And mm -hmm. if I, I mean, I would have maybe two a week, you know, I could deal with that, but Client after client, it was just the sadness that my mental health started to deteriorate. And um, by about August, I had to take a, few, a break from it mm. and really recuperate and t some self-care in order to be able to serve my clients. And I have, and I'm much better now, but it was a struggle. And I tell you, hats off to those divorce lawyers, because I don't know how you all do it. It was just so sad all the time. Oh my yeah. God, you got me caught. You had me captivated there. And yeah. thank you for sharing that. That's, that's yeah. very, that's very honest and, uh, and, and forthcoming, you know? And, and you know what? It really sheds some light on the fact of how stressful divorce is. And, and so many people are impacted. And I know like you're a financial counselor, like you are a financial literacy expert, really literally you're on cbc all the time on ontario <laughs> today and you do you do seminars you are an expert in financial literacy and yet you are dealing with the raw emotions of not only people's finances but there's their sadness as well mm -hmm. oh it, it you almost was... have to be a therapist as well right, right? yeah <laughs> You know, as a credit counselor, we do get training in that. But I think <laughs> as a credit counselor, you expect that you might have one or two a week of that intensity, yes. right? We didn't, we won't train to, to work with five clients who are separating and heartbroken back after back in one day. Mm -hmm. We're not trained for that. We're trained to handle that a couple of times a week, which is what mm -hmm. it used to be before the whole world blew up and with the so pandemic let me, let me ask you something pamela did that experience help you hone your skills yes. or maybe become a little bit more strategic about the conversation when you hear those things coming from people i learned a lot from it and it forced me to to go back and, and like you say hone my skills i had to get some work done i had to sharpen my skills in order to help this 80 percent of my clientele now who are needing my help. So, and things are different too. What would have worked in 2019 is not going to work 2020. So mm -hmm. even though I may know the information, it's now stale, 
right? I had to go and sharpen that and learn things in a different way. And, you know, learn, uh, I even, even my networking had to, I had to broaden that a little bit because whereas, you know, I, I, I know a divorce lawyer or two, I can send them a client once every two months. Now I'm like referring like crazy. <laughs> so I even had to ex extend my network. So everything, I had to change everything because of this. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So give us some, some of the, some of the things you might've said to some of these clients that, that you've been seeing, like as far as sort of, you know, I've come in the door, I, my finances are in a mess or I don't even know where to start with my finances and my marriage is on the rocks. What are some of the things that you might tell me? Well, first off, I say, listen, I'm a divorcee myself. I've been down the road and I say it does get better down the road. There's light at the end of the tunnel, but you're in the mess right now. And right now you need support. I'm willing to be one of those supports for you. It's going to be hard. You're going to cry yourself to sleep. It's going to be rough, but you're not alone. And I can tell you because I'm from the other side shouting, there's light at the end of the tunnel. And there really come, is. Come towards <laughs> my voice. Exactly. Follow my voice. And, and I'd say, I mean, it, you can't see it now. Obviously, they can't see it now, but it's better down the road. It's better on so many levels in so many ways. What I, what I do tell them outside of that, though, is I do ask them why or how. You know what? It's not even a question, you know. What I notice, actually, I want to ask it, but I don't ask it at that point. It's not right. <laughs> it, it would be crushing. But what I've noticed is that my clients, the, the women who come to me, they'll they lose themselves in the marriage. Mm -hmm. So they come mm -hmm. to me, they don't have their separate bank account. Mm. They don't have their own credit card. They don't know how, how much even they work for because the money just goes in, mixes with his. They don't even really know anything. How much you spend on groceries? I don't know. Does your husband have um, life insurance? I don't know. What is the mortgage? I don't know. Everything is, is so like this that that trying to separate them and pull the finances apart we it's difficult to even get started we do and we go through the process but the women lose themselves so much that it's hard for them to even think of themselves as an individual woman as opposed to okay just a mar not just but you know what i mean a married woman with kids there's no sense of this is me. This is self. who I am. Self. No, wow. self. They lose yeah. themselves. And those are the ones who struggle the most. And mm. it's as though it's as though they feel having a separate bank account with a thousand dollars in their name, separate from everything else, means that they're being I don't know, they're cheating on their husband, mm -hmm. or they don't love mm -hmm. their husband, or they don't trust their husband. And women believe that. But I remember growing up in the Caribbean, my mother always said to me, as a woman, you need to have a little bit of money put aside, no matter how much you love. And I go further and say, my money and love, they don't mix. <laughs> I don't mix my <laughs> money and love. <laughs> not doing it. I'm not doing it. Good but, for you. Yeah, I'm not doing it. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know, it, 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 I actually, I, I, I actually have this heaviness on my chest right now. Mm. I'm not having a heart attack. Okay, good. <laughs> it, 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 it is an emotional heaviness. Mm. That I, like, I feel like crying. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Well, no, but I just, I, 
I guess I'm a very fierce, strong, independent woman. And honestly, I think the roles are slightly reversed, actually quite a bit reversed in my family. Um, and I just can't imagine, I think we've all, I think as women and, and no offense, Darren, but I think as women, we do tend to get lost in that identity of being a mom. I'm just a mom. I'm just mm -hmm. a soccer mom. I'm just a wife. I'm just a this. Mm -hmm. And to feel that, to see so many people, I can understand like just that heaviness on my chest from talking to you, let alone interacting with these clients of yours. Mm. Uh, I, I think I would have been a basket case. I, I would have been an emotional wreck because it's deep. It's yeah. <clears throat> well, people, it's you know, and that's the thing in relationships that I've seen is there's always like some type of a power struggle, right? One person always ends up being the lead mm -hmm. and making the decisions. And then the longer that the marriage goes on, that the it's more accepted. So the person who's being basically overruled or being led by the stronger personality tends to slowly accept what's happening more and more and more and more over time mm -hmm. until they're completely gone. Like so they give sad. away little pieces of their identity every time. And yeah. you're right, it is. It's a, it's a very sad thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, honestly, I wouldn't discount the fact that whether it's, the stronger personality that's ending the relationship or the weaker one or not even the weaker one of the person who doesn't have control over the relationship regardless if it's ending it's a good thing then because mm -hmm. the person who's in the weaker mm -hmm. position yeah. now has a an opportunity to reinvent themselves and find themselves again right. so that's yeah. the way i kind of look at yeah. it but i yeah. understand where you're coming from <laughs> yeah. because you know that there's probably millions of relationships out there where where one partner feels that way mm -hmm. that they've given everything of themselves away mm -hmm. right so i <laughs> you're not the only one too because <laughs> i i speak to quite a few uh ladies that are very strong-willed like you are pamela mm. and and they are like no man is gonna have <laughs> my bank account no 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 <laughs> And I just hear them talk about it. I'm just like, you go, girl. <laughs> you know, and, and I want to just say, so the two things I want to talk about, the thing with the woman coming to me and she's lost herself and she doesn't have a bank account, she doesn't have insurance, she doesn't have anything. I do have a couple of clients who have come to me, women, and the husband is asking for a divorce because she was so in control of the money that he felt he lost himself in the relationship. Hmm. And that's why he's leaving. So hmm. it, gets, it goes both ways that we have to remember that. So hmm. I think no matter who controls the money, man, woman, husband, same sex relationships, it doesn't matter. If you're in a relationship and you're losing yourself and you're losing your identity as a result of it, then eventually you're going to want to run. Mm -hmm. right you're going to want to run and and that is what i'm seeing here it's just that most of the times the clients who come to me are the ones who would have lost themselves as opposed to their spouses losing mm -hmm. themselves but um you just said something you met your clients who are like my man has no control over my money whatever i just want to say because you're like that it doesn't mean that your will doesn't specify who the beneficiary is and your bank account and the bank and your documents doesn't say stuff that when you pass away or if you have COVID and you're on a, a, a ventilator in the hospital that your, your spouse doesn't have access to money in order to run the house and that type of thing. So mm -hmm. all these things we talk about as well. I mean, a couple of years back, I had a client whose husband was um, in an accident, motorcycle accident. He was in a coma for nine months. 
She had no access to his money. She was not working. She was a mom home with the kids. His parents had to step in to help her with the mortgage and stuff. Oh my God. Right. So, so because I say my husband and I with the money and not mixing, it doesn't mean that things are not in place. Should something happen and right, right. access so having to a it, you know? So, right. so the women who are like that <laughs> strong will like myself, there is a, a limited, <laughs> right. You want well, to, still a responsibility to, put... to one another. Exactly. Yeah. So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where do you typically see people in the, in the, in their process of divorce or separation? Like, <clears throat> are they in your world? Are they coming mm-hmm. to you right at the beginning? Where, where in that generally um, speaking? Two sets, I would say. So some women um, come to me when they, because of COVID or whatever reason, they realize they need to leave. And they want to know if they can afford to leave. So they come and they hire me. We work together for six months. And usually by month four or so, they know whether they can afford to leave or not. If they can't afford, I help them figure out what they need in order to afford it. And, um, And then they make a decision. So there's that. That I would say about 50%. of the 80 percent that comes to me and the rest um would be um she or he or well she or the spouse would have asked for a a separation or divorce or things are rocky and they're separating and they want my help she wants my help so i I say she because most of my clients are women but (laughs) in the beginning i worked with a couple who said to me it's very amicable and we just want somebody to help us figure out our finances. I will never do that again. <laughs> I am not working with a couple to help them figure their finances when they're separating. Really? Oh, I, I yeah. felt like I was in, a, in, a, in the relationship with them. I felt <laughs> like I was the child and the parents are quarreling all the time. Oh, so my God. I did it once. And it will never happen again. I will work with one spouse. <laughs> I will work with one, not the two. No, I will work with a couple if they want help. And the, well, the thing is, if you're a couple and you just want to fix your finances, but you still want to stay married, yeah, I'll work with you. But if you're separating, I will only work with one. I can't work with both. It's a conflict, right? Yeah, I will work yeah. with one, but never again. I think they were looking to save money too. And mm. because it was amicable they felt that i can help them both well it was only amicable until we started to talk about money about support yes. and 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 yeah and the, who owns the emergency fund and that type of thing so yeah. right yeah i'll work with one spouse i can't say that enough one spouse only <laughs> I, you know Pamela, i give you credit because you know honestly um there's two things that are almost taboo out there which is mm-hmm. sex and money right mm-hmm. when you talk about them people are more inclined to talk about their sex life than they yes. are about their money. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, I think it's very empowering for people to own their situation. Mm-hmm. Right. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, I, and I, I don't know, that's a good question for you. If you've seen has the debt load that people carry today, mm-hmm. have you seen it getting, uh, there's two parts of this question. One, have you seen it get worse or better through COVID and two historically do you think people are getting better are becoming better off like are they getting better with their money as compared to say 10 years ago um for me i'll answer the second question first historically no it's not getting better 
Mm. It's not because after years and years of spending and being in debt, it becomes a lifestyle. Mm. It becomes right. a habit and they feel, and there's this thing going around, debt is a part of life. I mean, who the hell made that shit up? Debt is a part of life, seriously? <laughs> Come on. So, so they have accepted that that's what you do when you, are, when you want to live life and be, you know, prosperous and all of that. And the second question, has people debt increased? Um, it varies. Uh, some of them, um, they, while their expenses might have been reduced, they, they turn to things to help them cope with the pandemic. Right. And you know what? I have been giving them a pass on that because what a fucking year 2020 was. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, and if you need to do a little shopping and, and the emphasis is on little, yes. <laughs> little Good. shopping Good. Yeah. Um, in order to cope and to save your mental health, then go for it. I get that. But mm -hmm. you can't be crazy thing where you're shopping hundreds of dollars every month. And no. But a little something to help you feel better, something to, you know, a meditation app to help you that, mm -hmm. yes, you may have put it on your credit card. I get that. Yeah. But um, I, I find, like I said, expenses have been reduced, you know, no more buying lunches, no more parking and gas and all of that. But yeah. other spending has gone up. People are replacing being with loved ones in person to um, they are not replacing that with sending them gifts and sending mm -hmm. flowers and sending chocolates and, and, and that type of thing. And that's why the debt, it has not changed. In fact, it has gone up a little bit. Yeah. So they're in love with Amazon. They're in love with Amazon. <laughs> oh, the other thing is, um, I would hear that I, it's not self-serving. I am supporting local business. That's what mm -hmm. I'm doing. I'm mm -hmm. doing my part to support local business. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you're yeah. putting it on credit. You're sending yourself in debt and paying 20% interest, but you're supporting local business. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Pamela, <laughs> you're also, you're, you're a fee for service uh, yes. um, a, a professional, right? Like yes. that professional. And you know, I got to tell you, I've, I've probably spoke to dozens of people about mm -hmm. using someone like yourself. Mm -hmm. And as a matter of fact, I spoke to a dozens of people probably about using you, <laughs> but you know what I've always said to them and, and, people get very caught up in the idea that it's an expense to pay mm -hmm. a fee to get somebody to give advice and coach them. Mm -hmm. And I always flip it around and I always say, it's not an expense and it's an investment in yourself. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So you wouldn't question uh, going to a therapist and paying them. You wouldn't question going to, let's say a workout studio and getting a professional, you know, to give you coaching advice on, on working out. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. Same thing with someone like yourself, they're bettering themselves mm -hmm. and they got to, and, and you have, if you want the right advice and not have to go through Google and read 25 articles, yeah. you pay somebody to give you the specific advice yeah. to fix your situation as quickly as possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that fair? That's what I do. That's what but I do. We have to wrap up, but I wanted to, to kind of just swing it back and ask you one last quick question. Mm -hmm. Um, what is a piece of advice? Because everything that's coming out of your mouth will be valuable. But what is a piece of <laughs> valuable advice that you can give people uh, in 2021 to um, that are that are going through a separation or divorce with their finances? What is you know one little piece of advice that you could give them? Have a separate bank account just in your name alone. If nothing else, have that in your name alone. Yes. Okay. 
That's a great one. That's a great one. To end <laughs> on. Thank you, Pamela. As always, I think we could talk for hours. Yep. And <laughs> and I just I love credit. I love finances. So and I love what you bring to the table. So please tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you. Great. Thank you. So you can go on my website, uh, PamelaGeorgeFinancialLiteracy.com. My Facebook page is Pamela George Financial Literacy. And my email is admin at PamelaGeorgeFinancialLiteracy.com. And of course, they can also find you through the DivorceNet website and listening to the podcast and obviously the blogs uh, on our site to educate themselves more about connecting with you and the other awesome professionals we have on the page. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't want to say I do offer a free consultation. If you want to just chat with me on Zoom, learn how I work, find out my fees, that type of thing, it's free. So book a call. It's on my website. You go there and you book your free call and we can chat. Yeah. Perfect. All right, we'll wrap it up there. And I'm going to thank everyone again for listening to the show. Take care of yourself, get yourself organized, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic. You've been listening to Clean Break, our weekly podcast on divorce. You can find this and other great advice from divorce professionals at divorcenet.ca, where we upload audio, video, and blog content every week. Divorcenet.ca, clear and simple divorce advice from trusted local professionals.